Welcome back in to the Midtown Madness podcast with Peter Hale and Zach Miller. I'm Zach Miller, joined by Peter Hale. Pete, uh, this I think that we started talking about recording another episode with, uh, not that there, there's not a lot to talk about, and then within the span of about two hours, uh, our episode uh, notes ballooned to uh, a, a page and a half, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe I went overboard on the outline, but certainly no. uh, it ballooned. You know, we have plenty to talk about now. Plenty I, going on. I absolutely love your notes. Like I was like, okay, cool. Uh, I don't have. I I so very much appreciate you doing the legwork on that this time because uh, I had again, like I said, I've been running around like a chicken with my head cut off <laughs> with all this stuff I got going on over here. I mean. That's not to say you don't have a ton of stuff going on because uh, I mean I'm not the one with what two kids and yeah you're you're happy uh, you're free to take one of them if you want though uh, you know I uh, I may need a couple of years before I start doing <laughs> think about that um, big news is, uh, all around uh, the SLU athletic department uh, I think I think the the darling of the athletic department right now is Katie Shields. And some big news for for SLU soccer fans. Uh, Katie Shields has agreed to unknown terms to be the long-term head coach at St. Louis University. Yeah, I mean, anyone who's listened to even, you know, one episode of this show, uh, this podcast, anytime in the last six months knows how we feel about Coach Shields. Yeah. Uh, so anything that keeps her at SLU long-term is, uh, is good news to us, even though we don't know you know, exactly the terms of it, how long it'll be, but that's, uh, that's great news for SLU and the program. Yeah. I think, I think one of the things SLU has really done uh, pretty well at uh, as far as keeping coaches around on, on a, on a budget that's less than the big dogs, if you will, is that uh, they really uh, up the perks. Um, and by perks, I mean uh, facilities, uh, you know, uh, when Rick Majerus was here, uh, we, you know, we had a really nice classroom environment in Chaffetz. Obviously, Chaffetz Arena was built um, in, you know, in general. When Travis Ford came in, uh, you know, they overhauled uh, the lounge area, made it a little more, uh, you know, exciting, enticing to players as far as relaxing in between, you know, sessions. Um, so I I'm guessing that something involving the... Uh, the soccer stadium is probably in the works uh, as a way to uh, keep such a great coach here. Yeah, when I when I came on campus in uh, fall of 2001, um, it was not all that long that Herman, as we know it, had been open and uh, and SLU was back on campus, not playing out at soccer park in Fenton anymore um, or whatever it's called now. Um, and at the time, it was considered one of like the really great facilities in college soccer. The field was great. Um, and, and it had a really nice stand and everything. But in the last, you know, 20 years since then, um, definitely a lot of other programs have passed it up in terms of what they're offering for their soccer program. So um, it's definitely it's definitely due for um, for some upgrades. And I think, um, you know, they're, they're looking at the two coaches they have now as 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 both being really long term coaches. So I, I think uh, I think, yeah, SLU's definitely due to uh to reward them with some uh you know some facility upgrades yeah i one of the things that i've been kind of harping on uh for a long time is is fan comfort 
additions to the stadiums. Uh, you know, the, the baseball, it's hard to go to a baseball game. It's hard to go to a softball game. Um, it's not exactly comfortable. Uh, soccer, it's a little bit easier cause it's, you know, 90 minutes. Um, it's a different atmosphere for that sport, but I mean, it, we could stand to, you know, have a better concession stand, a better, uh, you know, seating area gives fans, you know, uh, stadium seats, if you will. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think most likely you'll see something on the end of, you know, player comforts, maybe a, maybe a lounge area similar to what's in Chaffetz and, and just a place that they can keep all their stuff that isn't a, a garage behind the stands. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. And, and a little bit goes a long way. You know, you don't need to build a new stadium or any, anything like that. But if you're thinking of, like you said, little things like fan comforts and player comforts, um, I don't think you'd have to break the bank to, to really um, put something more competitive out there. Uh, so we're obviously very excited about that news. Um, I, I can't wait to see where this, this, this team and this program heads as far as women's soccer goes. Uh, speaking of me harping on things constantly, um, big news down the pipeline for those that uh, are uh, gear whores like myself. Uh, love to love to see what uh, is out there as far as Billiken uh, apparel, merchandise. Um, St. Louis University announced uh, they have partnered with Home Field Apparel. Uh, finally, that's all I can to quote, actually, to quote uh, Slewfan13 on Billikens.com and, you know, uh, uh, Ranch Wilder and Angels in the Outfield. All I can say, sports fans, is it's about time. Yeah, for sure. I, one of the hardest things about being a SLU fan, and, you know, we always have our little grumblings here and there, but uh, I just feel like we've never had, like, cool gear. Like, we've never had, like, really just cool stuff. Like, I'll see stuff, um, you know, in Cincinnati, I see UC and Xavier stuff and think, oh, man, I would love if SLU had, you know, shirts like that or hats like that or whatever it might be. Homefield is, for those not familiar, if you go to homefieldapparel.com, they have a roster of about a hundred schools, uh, most of them D1, but a few smaller uh, schools as well. And um, they do what they call, the, the way they put it is, we study your school's history, traditions, and legacies to create thoughtful premium apparel. Um, so you see a lot of like kind of vintage looking stuff. You see throwback, you know, retro logos. Um, so if, if there are like some, maybe some of the older iterations of the Billiken logo, you really like, you could probably expect to see that on some, uh, on some, some of their stuff. It's, it's really cool stuff, stuff that I would wear. Most of the stuff I see in the SLU, um, bookstore is just kind of, I don't know, like, I, I just feel like I would look like a golf dad if I wore it. Yeah. It's always like overly athletic or way too simple, simplistic. Um, yeah. you know, you have your your sure standard polos and then like you'll have uh like dry fit gear made by like under armor nike which i love because i'm in the gym constantly but like i want to have uh you know a, a tri-blend shirt with a cool billiken from like the 70s on it um which i actually was having a conversation and uh it's it's funny how Billiken fans kind of their mind wanders into the negative immediately is how could the athletic department mess us up? And I really don't think that this is now, this is no longer in the athletic department's hands. They have given home. I believe this is my understanding is that home field 
has been given the license to create their own slew apparel. Uh, and I don't think slew will have much of a, um, you know, a final approval process. I think this is kind of, you know, run with it at home field. Yeah. So I think what slew would do is kind of give them the, the book, like the history book, mm-hmm. of like here's, here's our, our word mark over the years. Here's our logo over the years. Um, how the Billiken has evolved here. Here's what our uniforms looked like at various stages. Mm-hmm. So now Homefield has basically a, a full historic portfolio of what SLU has kind of put on the field over the years. And they're going to create some designs based on that. So, you know, this is not going to like replace, for those who are like aren't familiar with it, it's not going to like replace the SLU bookstore or like anything like that. This is just another option with, uh, you know, for some, some t-shirts, sweatshirts, stuff like that. Um, they really, I think it is just mostly shirts that they do, yeah. not like shorts or, or any, anything other that, like that. Um, the best thing to do if you go to their website is just kind of start looking at some of the, you know, peer schools. Like today I looked at Belmont, um, Xavier, they both have like eight different designs. Uh, George Washington has like five, um, there's 15 for Dayton right now. And they kind of come and go, you know, as things sell out, but, um, it's basically, you know, here, here's some stuff that we have not really had before. And, and at any time we should have several options. Um, so it's pretty cool. And the best thing that we as SLU fans can do is kind of, uh, you know, vote with our dollars and let them know we like it. So I, like, I'm looking at like the George Washington page right now. And if I were a GW fan, I would buy one of each of these. I think they all look awesome. They all represent a different era in the school's history um so yeah anyway really cool stuff and it's good to have more options yeah i'm excited uh i think my only i just and i i trust home field um with this and i I, the only thing i i don't want to see a bunch of billiken from the the last billiken that's like the last thing i want to i want to see anything before you know 2000 like that's where i want them to head and i think they will um, we don't have an official announcement on when it's going to drop, uh, but I just in guessing back and forth, uh, I, my guess is fall, uh, just with the with the start of the the athletic seasons, um, and we I we have been in contact with them uh, tentatively, hoping to get them on the podcast. Tried to get them for this episode, but they thought it might be better, uh, you know, when they do have designs ready to go maybe you know talk about them on the on the podcast before they drop so that that will be that would be a fun episode and hopefully we'll get that done closer to uh to fall yeah they'll they'll you know they'll they'll do more of a formal announcement i'm sure when it comes close like right now they just announced publicly um that they're launching lsu um so that's obviously a, a big fish for them and i think they just um they just opened up the notre dame store um, so, so obviously there's a couple bigger fish to fry for them right now, but, um, but yeah, once they get closer, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure we'll start to see some stuff and also have to shout out West Pine Bills, who's been, uh, haranguing them on Twitter nonstop along with SLU. The first thing after SLU announced it this morning, the first thing that Homefield did was to add West Pine Bills to kind of say, all right, here you go. Get off our backs now. So, uh, a lot of credit to them. Yeah, I, uh, I think uh, I took a little too much credit in my mind as well for my <laughs> harassment. Uh, my, my, my initial uh, attempt for uh, what's, the, what's the shorts company uh, out there, 199? There's a, there's a company yeah, that does yeah, yeah. Uh, 
that does replica uh, vintage basketball shorts. And I mean, I'm no longer a basketball short wearer, but like, if you put a slew vintage slew short, I'm going to buy it. Like I can't, yeah. you know, yeah, so, sure. so I'm going to start uh, my, my fund for, uh, for when home field drops their merchandise and yeah, uh, buy, I mean, buy one of each. You'll see, I think you'll see us wearing it. Con- I think both of us, that's, that's our entire wardrobe for the podcast at that point. Yeah, I think it's going to be, yeah, whether it's three or uh, if we're like dating and come out of the gate with 15, I think I'm just going to get one of each. So, uh, so yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty exciting. And I'm, I'm glad to see a, a fan campaign, a harassment campaign like this uh, rewarded. And, and, and luckily, luckily it wasn't like, uh, you know, anything toxic or anything like that. It was all positive and fun. So uh, uh, good to see the fruits. It's good to see that bear fruit. Yeah, if we if we can if we can push this, I mean, we need to we need to start uh, hammering on the jersey front now. Yeah, um, because clearly it's it, somebody's paying attention. I I I do wonder who first uh, reached out from SLU because I don't know if I'm supposed to say that, but I believe SLU reached out to them uh, first. Uh, but well, so credit, I, credit to whoever. Yes, yes. I, I wonder who it was. Um, the Billikens are heading south of the border uh, to get into basketball-specific talk. Um, did you book your flight for Cancun yet? <laughs> not, not yet. I, I, don't, I don't know if I'll make this one. Um, to clarify, the Billikens have, uh, I believe, Rothstein on Twitter broke the news. Uh, the Billikens will join Buffalo, Illinois State, Stephen F. Austin uh, in Cancun, November 23rd and 24th. Um, this will be the uh, the MTE for the year. Uh, the field, uh, the, the reaction was uh, was lukewarm, to say the least, on uh, social media and uh, and the message board. Yeah, it was it was tepid. I mean, a school like SLU, you, you know, as, as much faith as we have in our program, we, we don't necessarily, if we get into one of these events, want to be the marquee team. Um, there, but honestly, there really isn't a marquee team. You know, the other, the other four or the other three that they announced uh, are Buffalo, Stephen F. Austin, and Illinois State. If you look at their Ken Palm ratings from last year, SLU was the best at 53. Um, then you've got Buffalo at 77. Stephen F. Austin was 151. Illinois State, 198. Normally, Stephen F. Austin and Illinois State are a little stronger than that. Um, Buffalo was actually a really good team last year and they lost a couple games late in the max season. Um, but that, that, I think they were in the NIT field with us and, and that's a, that's a good squad. Um, so these are, these are solid games that I, I don't mind on our schedule, but, uh, normally if you play in one of these, you want to play at least one, you know, team above you, a power conference team. So we're not necessarily getting a much stronger, um, you know, hit to our net rating out of this even if we are getting a couple of good games we'll play two out of those three teams based on how things go yeah hopefully we get uh the intriguing matchup of jim whitesell and buffalo uh playing the billikens yeah it's a good team i would love to see that matchup whether it's yeah. first round or whether they kind of make us the top two seeds and hope we win the first game that sounds that sounds actually like a reasonable expe- expectation yeah, I think the, the reasonable expectation is that we, we should win this. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't think um, it would be hard to come out of this with one or more losses and, and not look like a, a ding 
but uh, uh, you know, that said, Buff Buffalo is a good team and I, I think they'll be pretty solid again. They'll compete for the Mac again this season. Yeah. So if any of the listeners out there, uh, my birthday's coming up, I wear a size Cancun multi-team event. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, uh, other non-conference games so far, what are we looking at? What has been confirmed? What can we tell listeners right now? So, you know, SLU hasn't necessarily said, here's who we're playing this year, but just, just from what we can infer from, um, you know, home and home contracts or anything we've had in the past, or that that's just been announced by um, basketball writers on Twitter or whatever, we know we've got home games against Auburn, um, which is the return game um, that, from us going down there. Um, and then we've got Boston College coming back to Chaffetz. I think they were actually, weren't they the first game in the new arena? Um, the first non-exhibition game in the new arena? from BC? Yeah, was, I thought that was the first huh. back when the arena opened. I could, I could be wrong, but I thought I remember dry. I was living in Chicago um, at the time. I thought I'd go down for that one. Uh, I remember the BC game. I did miss a B, half of a BC game. I do. It, it was that. one of the early games for sure. And we yeah. did, we did win that one. So that's, that's kind of a, a, a good one to get back. And then on the road, we're going to go to Memphis. We know, and then we're due to go back to Carbondale, uh, play Southern Illinois there. Um, so those are the two home and road games we know, um, which, which along with the two, we're going to get out of the Cancun challenge. Um, uh, we, so that's six total games that we know about. The one thing we don't know about Cancun yet is whether they're going to do those like kind of those two home site games mm-hmm. first. Because sometimes they, they put eight teams in this and the lower tier teams will travel to the higher teams um, for, for road games before everybody heads down to Cancun. So there might be two kind of buy games built into that. Um, but if not, you know, in a normal season, you're looking at about 13 non-conference games plus an exhibition game. Um, you know, SLU tries to give season ticket holders 18 games. Um, so we've got about seven or eight left um, based on how things shake out. And so out of that, you know, we're going to have an exhibition game, at least one, maybe two. And then you'll have five or six by games, um, whether or not two of those come from Can- the Cancun challenge. And then within those, we might wind up with a lower division opponent. Like we had Maryville recently, we've had Rockhurst before, you might get one of those. Um, but hopefully we see one more game against a, like a power team, you know, whether it's Big East or ACC or Big 10 or something. Um, and, and whether that's home away or neutral, we could wind up with one more, but we've already got as many road games as we played um, two seasons ago. So, um, so it's, we're mostly gonna have home buy games announced from here. Just a couple of notes. Uh, Kent State was the first game, uh, and we lost mm. um, in overtime. Uh, and then Memphis is actually interesting because it's kind of a neutral side game, uh, but it's not really. Uh, it'll be at the FedEx Forum, I believe. Well, the, I mean, that is their home arena. Is it really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's huh. it. Yeah. Oh, who knew? All right. Um, yeah, it shows how much I care about Memphis. Um, that'll be fun though. That'll be a fun trip. I will be there for sure. I'm assuming you will mark that on your calendar as well. Yeah, I'll try to get down there. That's so they opened the FedEx forum when I was, uh, when I was a manager at SLU, we actually, the first time we went down to Memphis, the first couple of years we played in the pyramid, um, which I think you now mean... they've got a back row shops in and then, and then uh... <laughs> they moved to the, the FedEx forum. The FedEx forum is great because it's like a block off of yeah. history. So you just get like a downtown hotel room. Yep. 
and you can be on foot all weekend basically it's a great trip and it's only four hours south of st louis so yeah i traveled down there for uh, uh miami heat versus the memphis grizzlies to see willie reed uh, oh, nice. yeah uh i like i liked to visit uh i like uh heading over to jerry the king lawler's uh, you know, the, the 10 year old in, in me, like, like to stop in there and check out the wrestling memorabilia. There you go. Uh, but yeah, Beale street still awesome. Um, and, uh, you know, we should be, uh, we should be out of this by then. I'm, I'm guessing completely everything should be, uh, ready to go. So Beale street will be hopping, uh, and the Billikens should have a good chance to go in there and steal one from Memphis. Um, the A-10 matchups were announced today, just kind of randomly out of the blue, I think. I didn't expect that. Because I, I, I messaged you, and because I, I don't really I, – I, I see, like, the headline, and then I wait till the end of the day to actually see what's going on. But, uh, yeah, Rothstein again, breaking news. Yeah, it wasn't, the, it wasn't the leak. So I'm not sure what who his source was or whether they wanted it to come out today, but it did. Um, so they, you know, they give you your five home and home matchups and then tell you who are your single home opponents and your single away opponents. So, um, so our home and homes this year, we've got Dayton, Bonaventure, LaSalle, UMass, and Richmond, um, home games. We play single games against VCU, George Washington, St. Joe's and Fordham. And then we go on the road for, um, for one-offs against Davidson, Duquesne, Rhode Island, and Mason. Uh, so, uh, what, what do you think? I mean, any surprises or does that look uh, pretty standard? Uh, I, th- I would have loved to trade like LaSalle or UMass for VCU. Obviously. I think, I think that's something that everybody could get behind. Uh, but you know, we can't get everything we want. Um, I really hate the four away games only, uh, because those just seems like, or those seem like teams that you just go into their arena and lay an egg against um especially duquesne obviously with dambrot and and davidson of course davidson's impossible to beat over there apparently for us we've we've never won there yeah no so it literally is impossible yeah um duquesne i is also i mean you know since we're kind of the geographic outlier to the west of the conference duquesne is the second closest team so i generally i think this is actually only the second or third time they have not been a home and home for us um, so I generally like to see that one as a home and home just because it's a little bit easier trip for people. Um, Ro- yeah, you know, Rhode Island is, is um, I don't think they're going to be a top team this year, but, you know, that's still, it's a tough trip and they're the farthest team away and everything. And then uh, George Mason, you want to, you want to take care of business, but you never mm-hmm. know. They can, yeah. they can be tricky. It's weird because uh, you've got VCU at home. And even though Ace Baldwin, it looks like he might miss uh, some or all of the season with an injury. Uh, then you've got, you know, George Washington, St. Joe's and Fordham, which kind of like those as road games because, you know, we can beat them yeah. um, pretty easily. So uh, so those are all aside from VCU. Those are all supposed to be, you know, definite wins for us this year. Um, They're not exactly exciting for fans either to show up to. No, I mean, at least you've got, you know, your home and homes. You've got Dayton and Bonaventure and Richmond coming in. Um you know, they're all good. UMass has some talent. So, um, so, so there's, there's some um, intrigue there with those games and obviously VCU is good to get at home. Um, but yeah, that's, that's three games where you're, you're not going to get um, much excitement from the fans before those. 
Yeah, I think fans will be be excited regardless uh, just to uh, get in back into the arena. If, I'm assuming we'll be at full capacity. I can't see why we wouldn't uh, the way things are going in hockey, especially right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, even a place like I think Boston, Mass in Massachusetts, was at yeah. full capacity tonight for the playoffs. So, um, yeah, it, it, I think everybody's going to be jacked up regardless. So that that is going to be good, and uh, I'm excited for this season. I'm already starting to to wind myself up for it. Yeah, I'm I'm also looking at it like it's it's gonna um, you know it's gonna it's gonna happen as a normal season. I, I know we're not quite. Uh, nationally where where we probably need to be in terms of vaccination rate but it's slowly slowly getting closer and i think the you know the the, the new cases are going down and everything so i i, I really think by this fall everything's going to be um everything's going to be okay for full arenas um speaking of the outlook for the season i'm going to jump since it's a decent it's an easier transition and i just you know ruined that transition anyway uh roster outlook speaking of uh the outlook for the season um what are we looking at here man you're the uh you 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 lock in more on this than i do uh well yeah well the, i just um i thought it was interesting one of the recent interviews that ford gave and he hasn't spoken a lot lately but um one of the things he did say basketball wise was they they, they do like the roster as it stands right now we have 12 scholarship players you know plus a couple walk-ons um, but that he still like we have two spots left because Perkins doesn't count against the scholarship total. Normally you get 13. So we, we kind of de facto have 14 for this year because he gets his bonus COVID year. Um, but, uh, but he said he would use one or both of those scholarships for the right opportunity for the right players. Um, and the two kind of players that he mentioned were an instant impact player, which is most likely going to be a transfer because there aren't a whole lot of high school recruits left who are the kind of guys who can come in and right away be an impact player in college. Um, even though I do think a lot of 2021 kids, the seniors who just graduated, a lot of them are getting overlooked or they're, they're playing a level or two down from where they would um, just because so many players are returning and we're focused a lot more on transfers. Um, so, and, so an instant impact transfer or um, a, a high school or prep player that he would be able to develop longer term, but you really need a player who's, uh, who's willing to kind of put in the time. Um, you see a lot of players who don't play their freshman and maybe don't play enough sophomore year and they transfer. It's just how it is now. So um, if, if a guy's willing to kind of put in a little time and know that he's going to get his later, um, that, that's the other kind of player that they're open to right now. So I, I just thought that was an interesting comment from Ford. Um, but when you look at, at, at who's coming and who's going and who's returning on, on this roster, um, what, do you, what do you see? I mean, do you, do you, would you use these scholarships? Would you use one, two? I mean, do, do we have any real needs? It, it just feels like there's so many players out there. Like we have so many players. Um, I'm interested to see mostly, I think the big, the big question mark right now is, is Williams. Um, you know, he needs a waiver and I don't really understand why, uh, perhaps. And I don't know if slew fans agree with me, uh, or see it the same way. I don't get it. Uh, do you have any sort of clarification on that? I don't me? have any real insight there. Um, except that a lot of people were counting on this being the off season that the NCAA would say, okay, starting now, 
Um, it's instant transfers, just like we had last year where they basically cleared everybody. Um, that's it, it, so far they're, they're, it sounds like they're setting up that, that to be the rule for the following year, not this season. Um, but so but I think the way the, the, that it stands now is if it's your first transfer, you're eligible immediately. But because Williams has already played at two schools, he went to Cleveland State and then Oakland um, before transferring to SLU. Being his second transfer, they or his third school, they want um, they they still want a waiver. So we don't know yet whether he's going to be playing this season or not. And honestly, that's a that's a really important piece of information for us mm -hmm. as we're recruiting. Cause like there are probably a lot of players that they would offer and try and get on the roster now if they knew he wasn't going to be playing, but um, if they think he's going to be playing, then they're a little more comfortable. So it's, it's, it's frustrating that it's probably going to be a few more months before we have clarity on that. Yeah. I wonder, I, I'm, I'm not sure what I would do with the, with the scholarships. Um, I was kind of hoping for uh who is uh, the guy from uh, Gonzaga, but that doesn't sound like it's going to happen. Aaron uh, Cook. Yeah, Aaron Cook. Um, so, I mean, if you if you can find me a big, again, I think we talk about a stretch five or a stretch four uh, so very often on this podcast, and that's really what I would take if you can find one out there. I always get hung up on that idea, yeah, and it's not like they're a dime a dozen. That's a, that's a pretty, um, you Does know. Cody Ellis have any eligibility left? <laughs> yeah give him a call um yes but somebody like that would be a, a nice fit i mean but it also depends on where they think uh lawrence son is um yeah i i you, you forget about lawrence yeah i mean so there's a guy who's six seven six eight who can shoot it um so but but he's also a, a more developmental prospect you know mm -hmm. he's he wasn't he didn't play much this past season he was never going to um this season he's probably still looking at pretty limited minutes um, but if he's able to kind of make a big jump, there's at least part of that. Um, but I look at, at the guys returning and it's like, well, I, I want to see Hargrove play a little bit more, mm -hmm. I, I, more than anyone else on this roster who I want to see make the biggest jump in terms of minutes is Strickland. Yeah. Um, he's instant excitement, instant offense. You know, he's, what, we saw that during what, what game was that where he just, uh, I mean, I mean, a few games in a row where he came yeah. in late and, and it was just every game you were guaranteed one highlight real dunk. And it was like, uh, okay, you know, give me a little bit more of that this season. I want to see, I want to see him come along. So um, I, you know, I get attached to these guys and I really want to see each of them kind of take the next step, but there's only so many minutes to go around. Um, and you've got Okoro coming in um, after his, after his sit season where he kind of got, got healthy, got, uh, got in shape and everything. Um, to kind of restart at slew and then you've got nesbitt um who's ready to play and he's gonna you know he's gonna be a starter alongside collins so um in the backcourt so um so that's a lot of minutes right there just between those two even though french and goodwin are gone so not everybody could take a big leap in terms of their minutes one of the interesting things about Okoro okoro is is i mean he's constantly in the gym and he's constantly posting on social media he might be able to bring that, that stretch a little bit of a stretch to the game. Uh, yeah, he, I think he's got a little bit of a shot. He does. He's got some mid range. I don't think you're going to see him like kind of step out to all the way to the corner or anything like mm -hmm. that, but, but he's, I, I, I agree. I think he's got enough like kind of free throw line uh, extended um, range there. 
Um, he also, he's incredibly long. So he's got a great like stride to, to kind of give himself separation and get to the rim. And he's, uh, he, he just, he'll do something. He'll take one step and then dunk it and kind of like, whoa, all right. We haven't had anyone who can do that in a while. So, um, so I'm, I'm pretty excited about what he brings to the roster for sure. I, th- this roster is kind of like that scene in the hangover where Phil keeps forgetting about the tiger and, <laughs> and everybody on this team is the tiger. That's right. Yeah. Like Jimmy bell. I forgot about the goddamn Jimmy bell. Yeah. Every, <laughs> every conversation I've had with anyone about this team next year, it's, it's always at some point you go, well, you remember we did sign Williams, right? And it's like, <laughs> Oh yeah, he's coming in. Or like, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, you you guys you you remembered like Jimerson's still there and like there's always <laughs> there's always somebody like we'll have a whole conversation and it's like oh well, yeah wait a minute yeah <laughs> we're I think we're returning a little bit more and we're a little bit deeper than people realize just because this team for four years has been all about French and Goodwin um, in terms of our identity so you kind of you kind of lose that identity at the top but I don't really think we took a step back in terms of the talent that we have. I think, yeah. And I think we're gaining a little youthful exuberance in identity. Um, I think uh, we're, I, I think if this team can take the identity of Yuri Collins and Terrence Hargrove, especially uh, as far as just um, Terrence Hargrove, especially because the, I, I don't know if I know of a better um, just energy guy, like just loves to be around the team, loves the game. Like, just uh, he just is always excited having fun doing something energetic yeah i mean if you could replicate his attitude i mean i would give that to every single player i ever met in a heartbeat i mean that's that's what complete buy-in positivity um putting in the work i mean you know we talked about it last time either on the last show or two shows ago where um, he's having a lot of fun this season or this off season. He's, you know, playing pickup games. He's playing, mm-hmm. um, really competitive local pickup games with guys who are playing college ball elsewhere and just really good players. And, uh, you know, he looks like he's added muscle. He just, he, he's really putting in, uh, the effort this year. Um, so I, I you want to see him be rewarded for that. So yeah, there's, there's just a lot of kind of exciting pieces like that. And we're, we're absolutely going to, you know, be competitive at the top of this conference again. I think, I think the biggest illustration for, for Terrence Hargrove's attitude is that he really did come in with a local legend status out of high school. Uh, he really was kind of that guy that, that his, his town and the, the city of East St. Louis, as far as like, you know, the young teens, the kid, the, the, you know, the eight, nine, 10 year olds were just very much, uh, he was, he was kind of a, uh, an icon to them, you know, a local icon and, and to come in and have to sit for, you know, what now two years now. Yeah. And I mean, you know, he's gotten some minutes and he's yeah. had some big games and he, and he's made some crucial plays. So, um, so it's not like he's just stashed at the end of the bench, but right. you, you, you make a great point about, um, uh, about who he was coming out of high school because, uh, what is it? He played for five coaches in four years at East St. Louis. Like they had a lot of turnover um, with the coach there. And the one consistent thing was Hargrove every year. So he was playing different styles for different coaches. And in, in his senior year, um, he's playing his best basketball at the, at the right time and, and, and gets him a state championship. 
Um, so people remember that forever. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that is absolutely legendary uh, status coming out of high school. So, um, and, and then, yeah, and then you saw after he, he was the first in that class to commit um, and then help recruit Collins. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, absolutely. Those are two guys that I want to be in the face of the program. Um, let's, uh, let's move on to, to guys that, that could be Billikens in the future. Um, recruiting news. Uh, we got a new offer out this week. Tell the, tell the people about it that may not have seen it. Yeah. So, um, so Jalen Quinn is a, he's going to be a senior. It's a point guard from Tuscola, Illinois, which, um, which is kind of a long I-57 for those who, uh, who know their downstate Illinois a little bit. Um, small town high school small Tuscola high school about 300 kids so I think they play in class 1a in Illinois um so he's he's dominating his, his typical high school games um but he, but he now he's starting to kind of open eyes and for AAU for the Illinois Wolves out of Chicago um so he got an offer this this weekend when he was visiting campus it's it's great to see the staff um you know alongside him on the on the visit he said he had a great visit and and they gave an offer um, so this, this kid, he's a nice player. He's 6'3", 185. He's got a really good build um, for a point guard, um, really good size, uh, moves well. When I was watching some tape on him, it, the thing that kind of, at first I was kind of like, you know, he kind of looks limited athletically. He didn't really jump off video for me. Um, but then he'll like just kind of, he just, he plays at a certain pace um, like he's, he's always playing at exactly the right pace and, and he'll just like rip off a two-handed dunk, just like that, that you didn't, no one saw coming. Um, so he's kind of got that craftiness to his game along with some power, some finesse, really smart player. Um, he played, he actually played football and baseball, uh, wide receiver and shortstop, uh, but decided to kind of focus on basketball. So he's, he's got that kind of versatility too. Um, so he's kind of, he's got a really well-rounded game for a point guard. I think, I think he would be a nice fit on, on this, this roster. So um, he, his star is really starting to rise. He's, he's visiting Belmont, Southern Illinois, Marquette, Butler, um, some other schools coming up. So he's getting around, um, but SLU is, is, is smart to get in and offer when they did. And, uh, and I, I like him a lot. Yeah. He's a long lanky kid, 6'2, 170. For reference, I'm 5'11, 170. So uh, that is, uh, thin, thin, thin for now. Um, yeah, he's got offers out, uh, at least via, or, uh, at least, uh, you know, on 24 seven sports from Drake, uh, Illinois, Chicago, Loyola, Chicago, and Southern Illinois. So, so the Missouri Valley's definitely sniffing around quite a bit. Yeah. He's also, he's got a few others. Um, um, I think did you did you mention SIUC and then but he's got yeah. Belmont, SEMO, mm-hmm. um, Eastern Illinois, Wofford okay. is another one who got in there with an offer. So um, a lot of those are actually pretty recent offers too. And I think he's grown a little bit. Um, he's more like 6'3, 185, 190 now. So oh, wow. um, so yeah, so he so he's grown too. Um, but a really nice recruit. And it's great to see um, players getting back on campus. What a what a cool sight to see again. Yeah. I cannot believe I'm about to uh, say this year, but uh, what's going on uh, around town in the, in the 2024 class? 
So there <laughs> is, there is uh, only, only very recently has this come to my attention, but St. Louis Christian Academy has a seven foot two uh, a rising sophomore, a 2024 recruit. Um, he just got an offer from Illinois. Um, he's, he's one of these guys who um, I, I, th- I think he's, his name's John Ball. Bowl uh, was probably how you pronounce it. Like, so it's like B-O-L, like Minute Bowl, which is generally a South Sudanese name. I don't know if he's from there or um, just maybe his parents or grandparents are. I don't, I don't know the situation. We don't have much uh, on his backstory yet because he's just kind of come out of nowhere to hit the scene. But, um, but he's with St. Louis Christian Academy and he's playing on Brad Beal Elite's uh, 15 and under team. Um, he's working out with former SLU coach Marcus Wilson, who also is involved with the Brad Beal Elite program, and then uh, also former SLU player Corey Frazier, you know, who's a local coach. But um, he's he he's gone from an unknown to drawing a lot of attention really quickly. Seven foot two and moves really really well. Like normally, if you've got a seven foot two kid who doesn't have a driver's license yet, uh, he can barely walk. Um, and shoot. <laughs> so, but, but, uh, yeah no no like baby giraffe syndrome with this guy oh. I mean he, he really uh, immediately you're like oh wow that's uh that's a legit basketball player so keep an eye on him I don't know a whole lot more about him right now he's just starting to get offers and um every coach who has seen him play AAU so far is 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 highly intrigued so, uh, so yeah, one, one to track and, uh, you know, and a, a, for now a local recruit. I can't find anything on him. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tricky. And it's also, there's another basketball player, um, in college right now, uh, John Ball, Ajax. So, yeah. it, uh, so you wind up getting a lot of, um, or Ajax maybe, but you, you wind up getting a lot of, uh, uh, hits on him if you try and search the other guy. So, more to come, but there is a seven foot two kid in St. Louis right now who is worth is worth your attention if you're a basketball fan. I'm trying to remember the last seven footer to roll through. Legit seven, Welmer. Um, on Slew's roster. Yeah. Um, no, Welmer wasn't seven feet. Um, Bryce Hushock was. Um, I don't know if we've had anyone. Oh, seven feet or over since then. Um, uh, um, let's see. Mad- J- Madani was 6'10". Yeah, no, he wasn't seven feet. Uh, uh, Newfeld was was just under. Uh, the, um, and uh, no, it was Manning. Was John Manning listed at seven feet? You know what? I think you're right. Uh, he, he may have been. He was I'm close. Slowly scrolling here. Uh, Newfeld was 6'11". Gilman was 6'10". Oh, Gilman, yeah. This is terrible radio. Um, <laughs> Gilman. Um, I keep, I'm trying to, you didn't go back to uh, Manning. Manning was listed at 611. All right. So, yeah, I, it might have been Bryce. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, and Rob Lowe was 611. Yeah. I, I, I got to think it was Bryce. Um, well, we, may, we may get back to it. We'll, we'll answer that question on the next episode. Yeah. Um, tweet at, get, get, send us your angry tweets in the meantime. Yeah, just stop looking at sports reference and record the damn podcast. Uh, but uh, yeah, that that's seven foot two, 15 year old. Wow. 
uh, for, for again, for, for bodily reference, uh, as a freshman, I was four foot 11 in high school. So, uh, you know, go good to, to we're just, I'm just, I, I'm doing like the verbal version of like the Michael Jordan poster with the, with the height, like that you can measure. That's, that's what I've been doing. That's, that's this episode of the podcast. So, um, now we get into some absurd speaking of the absurd as in seven feet two uh let's go to absurd off the basketball court uh one of st louis university's finest alums uh austin mcbroom is back in the news uh and this time it's not for uh you know being canceled on the internet um he is uh, gonna box uh are are we we're definitely tuning in i to say i will buy the pay-per-view i'm not saying i'm going to illegally stream it because that would be irresponsible of me but i'm i I can't i can't bring myself to spend a dollar on austin mcbroom no i'm not giving any money to this thing at at all it's it should not exist for those who are kind of wondering what we're talking about there is a this weekend on june 12th there's a live pay-per-view uh it's 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 coming from hard rock stadium in miami gardens um it's youtubers versus tiktokers battle of the platforms and it's it's i think a six match uh card uh with with a a bunch of uh like they're gonna box these tiktokers and youtubers are gonna box each other i don't know if any of them are any good uh it shouldn't exist but here we are this is like a lame ass version of like guns and hoses. Yeah. This is, the, this is the like Gen Z guns and hoses. Yeah. Except like guns and hoses. Like, I don't know. They it's, were, cops, it's cops and firemen. I like, you know, and they're raising money. Uh, yeah. Like, these guys are just raising money for their own coffee. Yeah, there, there's nothing to begrudge there. These guys yeah. are like trying to look tough. I mean, it's, it's the poster for this thing. It, it honestly, it looks like a boy band who's decided to make a music video about them being boxers. They, they look like they're pretending. I am definitely fun. dropping it right below here. I'm going to put it in the video. You'll we'll, I'll drop the poster in post-production. It's yeah, it's, it's, it's horrible, but it, somehow McBroom, I guess, you know, uh, uh, contrary to what you said before, he has not been canceled because he is the lead he is on the lead uh, the, the title. Yeah, the main event. Sorry, yeah, he is the main event. Yeah. So, uh, so aren't, aren't, you know, he's fighting some TikToker named Bryce Hall, who I had never heard of before this because I'm 38. But um, huh. uh, like I said, here we are. And uh, no matter who wins and who loses, uh, in, in, in truth, no one wins and we all lose. I, I may live stream myself watching it on the uh the podcast youtube page um and if anybody really just wants to jump into zoom for that live stream uh i i think i might just like you know throw open a uh throw open a uh a zoom meeting and just say hey if you want to join and and talk about the fight live on youtube like let's go uh yeah i i wish i i just i really just want to get into just the weirdest altered state and watch this thing and stream on YouTube. But don't give it your money. No, no, don't do it. Yeah, don't. But do don't. It. But don't. 
Hey, allegedly, don't pirate stream. Allegedly. Allegedly, don't pirate stream. Yeah, we don't recommend that, do we? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I do we have anything better that we can like end the show on? Like anything you got? We had a lot of good topics that we've covered already. And um, I, think I, just, we wasted, I think we wasted it all. I just want to, I want to end it on, on something else. I, Maybe I, we can do, I, I, I've got a, on one high note. Um, we already mentioned this before, but Fred Thatch graduated in three years. And there's a great St. Louis post-dispatch, stltoday.com, mm-hmm. um, right up on that from a couple weeks ago. Um, I think it was the 25th, the 24th or 25th that that article came out. And it's just kind of a profile of the work he put in to graduate in three years. Um, This last semester, he took 19 hours, which is something I never even for a second considered doing in college. Uh, That's crazy to do that and be um, playing division one basketball at the same time, which is a full time job, uh, you know, whether people realize that or not. So um, Fred Thatch really got after it um, academically. He, He only had one grade that wasn't an A and I think it was a B plus. Um, which again would be my, my best semester in college. So, um, he's going to go get his MBA now while he, he plays out the rest of his basketball career. And, and I, I can't give him enough credit for that. So I would much, much rather end on that high note about one of our really impressive players, uh, getting it done at SLU, um, instead of, uh, uh, Boston McBroom or whatever goober that he's fighting. Um, speaking of, of real athletic achievements that aren't fake for, for, for pay-per-view, um, a note, uh, track and field coach, John Bell is, uh, biking a long way. Uh, he is on the Trans Am bike race, uh, a 4,200 mile race from Astoria, Oregon to Yorktown, Virginia, uh, according to Brian Kunderman, um, the race rolls through Missouri, uh, Southern Missouri to Farmington and then crosses the river into Perryville and onto Chester, Illinois. So uh, good luck to John Bell. Uh, biking that far is insane. Um, and uh, follow him on that. At, uh, I think it's, yeah, you can follow it. Brian Kunderman tweeted out the lead. That's B Kunderman with one N, with one N um, on Twitter. Obviously, if you listen to this, you probably follow him anyway. So um yeah both of those i mean the fred thatch thing uh, unbelievable um i i took me five years to graduate and that was just at slu not including my year and a half at uh community college so uh anyway um yeah that's i think that's that's about it for the podcast Uh, glad we could find a couple things worthwhile to uh to end this this episode on um you know, uh, get at us on Twitter. Um, follow us on, you know, make sure you're liking and subscribing um, to the podcast and, and look out for my potential live stream Saturday night if I'm uh, bombed out of my mind. Who knows? Um, Pete, any anything else for the for the people out there? Uh, no, no, that's that's it for me. Just just, you know, go Bills and uh, keep the faith and let's get ready for a, a good season ahead. Yeah, what's the countdown on the season? What are we looking at? Uh, where are we? We're about, uh, what, five months away? About 150 days? We're we getting there. It. We're getting we there. Yeah. Yeah. 
all right guys thanks for listening um we'll we'll talk to you soon uh kind of kind of a, a weird schedule we're gonna work on just kind of when big things happen we'll talk about them uh just kind of take it easy this summer and uh we'll, we'll be ready to come back strong for you guys weekly when the season starts. Thank you.